0: you lot! You listen to Garage Haven. Episode 211, part 2. Seems the manlings couldn't even finish up last episode. So they go, "Hey, we're going to put a little more on another show. Hey engineer, we skipped you last time cuz we're bastards. But now can you come back and do more? Whatever, just finish up and shut it.
1: I'm listening to the rest of your show." Welcome back to the Clammy Dank, you fools. Uh, you fools! Not even tools! Hi, hey man, it didn't work. <laughs> That's true.
0: Oh my goodness. We're back, and if you're listening to this, you probably noticed that we didn't finish last episode.
1: <laughs> it's a lot of book. There's a lot of book. and now There you is got- a lot of narrative to this book as well they have to encapsulate so much, and then there's a bucket load of war scrolls. Yeah, and so, a lot of this stuff is, is
0: relatively new. I mean, you know, yeah,
1: a lot of this is new information.
0: You know, stabbers and shooters be stabbers and shooters, but some of this other stuff is pretty. Plus, you got that, you got one story stinker and one greenskin fanatic both doing this. I mean, I'm the one who usually has to get sped up, and now it's like, oh wait, this is Alex's book. <laughs> this is. Yeah, we could sit here for a couple of episodes at this rate.
1: We could, Um, and we kind of are. Yeah, but we're not going as deep into this book as we could. There's definitely a lot of nuggets here for you guys to find on your own. Yep. So there's a lot. Uh,
0: So, um, the first part of episode 211, we did lore and attributes and bits and bobs, and then we got through basically. We, we've we still got to cover what? We've got to cover Spider Fang and Dank Hold.
1: The Tragas and the Gargant.
0: Yeah. So.
1: And all the battalions. And all the battalions. And all the Endless Spells.
0: <laughs> That's right. Wow. Oh, great. I'm, I'm Honestly, I'm glad we didn't put all this into one episode. That would have been just too long. People would have been like, nah, screw that noise.
1: They have held on with us for long episodes before, but this yeah. would have been a long one. <sighs> I am not looking forward to doing the Skaven book.
0: Honestly, I was trying I was listening to Facehammer do it and I was just like, uh I, I'm getting lost. Like, there's so much stuff happening here. And there's
1: a lot to that book too. <laughs> there's a
0: lot of book there. And we've and let's not forget, we've still got Beasts of Chaos and uh Flesh Eater Courts.
1: And Stormcast when, if when we go back to
0: it. Yeah, I'm in no rush to go back to the Stormcast. Neither
1: am I. We've covered but...
0: that so many times at this point. Like, I, I mean, we can... Yeah. Yeah. So, let's see. Where do we leave off? Arachnorock spiders. The nigh-unstoppable super predator that can grow, grow to the size of a Caradhran <laughs> ironclad. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're gross they got a lot of poison and they got a lot of variety between the realms depending on what realm they're in will will tell you what kind of like their webbings are different in different mm-hmm. from different realms okay so they 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 sting you and then they wrap you up like Frodo at the end of the two towers mm-hmm. and 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 then the the poison in them and the poison and whatever is in the webbing jellifies you, you, the victim. And then they they drink up their liquefied innards when they just sink their fangs into the basically uh, organic uh, 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 wrapped Shoot juice boxes. Packets. Yeah, So gross. That's kind of like how flies eat. It's just more efficient yeah. because you don't actually have to spit up on it and then wait for it to dissolve and then eat it up. You could get it in a nice little make your own sack lunch. It's gross and and wonderful at the same time.
1: Well, that's how some spiders eat, too.
0: Oh, that is true. It can reduce a free guild soldier to a jelly like morsel of putrefied flesh, a protein rich glob ready to be consumed. I don't know who wrote this, but kudos to you for just going into yuck.
1: Yes, there's a lot of yuck there's so in this. Much yuck.
0: Oh, my goodness. Ah, uh, and uh, so, basically, these they're they obviously they 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 worship the the spider fang tribes worship the Arachnerox. Um
1: They're like demigods to them because they worship Gorkamorka, but like the spider god aspect of him.
0: Right. Okay, so right.
1: for them, these guys are the living demigods and allies. That it's the embodiment to them. So when they first go into the forest running um, from the Age of Chaos, they encounter, uh, like, giant spiders, like what they ride, the little ones. So they found that, you know, they're dealing with all the pe- all the predators that live there, that they can defeat and even tame packs of the giant spiders, but there's nothing like an Arachnurak.
0: No. And um, I love how they used to be... Now, so... Now, they're not just animals or in whatever, arachnids. They are There's an intelligence there that seems to at least, more than just an animal-like intelligence. They used to eat all the goblins who showed up, and then the goblins, oh, goblins, I'm sorry, grots. And then the grots just started going out and capturing other things and bringing them and leaving them for them. And they just, oh, hey, they're going to feed us. We don't have to eat them. Um, which at first I was like, well, yeah, and you could say that about any animal. If I teach an animal that I'm going to feed it, it's not going to try to eat me, um, at least to a minimum. Right, but then these things like they they drag their giant selves out of their little holes, and then they stop because they know they're got to be they're like going to be armored up and equipped, and they stop and let them. Like, get them ready. Like, there's no trickery. There's no getting them into a pen. There's no caging them. There's no holding them down and putting this stuff on them. They come out and they're like, wait. They're like, all right, let's load up. We're going to war.
1: Yeah. And and I think that's cool. Yeah. It's through the various rituals, um, sacrifices, and like the drums that they know that there's food coming. That they can go out and actually pray on things rather than just have the
0: life of luxury. And once again, you get these descriptions in here that I, uh, when I picture them in my head and of course now inside my head is a weird place, but it just talks about how, you know, they put the howdahs on their back and they put these things on them. And then it's just, once they get to battle, the grots are just hanging on for dear life. Like they have, Mm -hmm. there's no, they're not, telling this thing where to go they're riding on it and having a great time as it's rampaging they don't control this at all it's just it's like they have they have pretty much no say where they're going um, and they don't care
1: especially for the younger ones because like the the that carry the flingers and the war parties there the younger ones are more aggressive yes Um. So they're the ones that kind of push out a little further. The elders, um, Arachnerox, and like an age difference, they can commune more with the web spinner shamans. Um, and they're the ones that end up carrying uh, that shaman and his uh, personal catchweb spider shrine.
0: Is that the skitter strand Arachnerox? No, no, that's a different one. Oh, okay.
1: These are just older arachnids oh, that shrines, carry okay. the spider shrine on their backs. Okay, So they put these howdas on their backs that either have like a flinger or just a bunch of grots. Um, and then the flinger just throws wads of venom-dredged spider silk that...
0: Yeah, um, uh, it's venom threaded through with sharpened bone shards because, you know, if you can't smash them, you know, poke holes in them too.
1: Yeah, and what these projectiles do is they land down but then they also explode in a cloud of sticky filaments. So, so it like helps to catch them to make them easier prey. Yeah. No,
0: it's it's really cool. And I like how it's the younger ones that get the flingers. And as they get older, they carry the shrines. Um, just that difference in the aggression levels and the uh, length of time you've been around and your ability to commune with them. I, I would not mm-hmm. have thought of that when I was – like I said, you know what I'm saying? Because honestly – I mean, you, I mean, you see the kit; it's a gorgeous kit, but they all kind of look the same. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's not mm-hmm. any really variation on what the spider itself looks like. So then it just becomes your coloring of the carapace and stuff like that can can it, uh, do that. But I, I like that bit um, uh, quite a bit, where you got there. there are some subtle nuances to the arachnid. Mm-hmm. It's not just throw fifty of them on the table and have loose. You know, there yeah. there's there are there's a there's a, a
1: there's a variation and there's a subtlety to them, yes. as opposed to just outright raw aggression. Right. Um, speaking of outright raw aggression, um, they introduce a new type of arachnarch, which is a skitter strand. Mm-hmm. Um, and these things are even more holy than just the regular ones. Uh, these guys are based in shyish. There's like an underworld there. I think it's called the Evercrawl. Yep. Um, where these things are based. And essentially what these guys do is, the way they describe it, they follow the quivering strands of mortality and they like open little realm gates just for them to pop out and ensnare victims and then drag them back to this underworld.
0: So they, they can literally, they just, they, they're they basically opening up portals. Yeah. It's almost like the gnaw holes.
1: It's sort of, In but a it's way. just for that spider. Yeah, Yeah. That's 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 cool. It's cool, but it's also I don't like spiders. Like
0: you mean, like in real it, life? Yeah, yeah like in the real club. life. Like,
1: but now you have a spider the size of an ironclad just popping out of nowhere.
0: And I'm, I and I, I, not only is that a scary concept. But I'm reading how they work on the table and I don't know exactly how effective they're gonna be, but I don't I don't know that I I like this at all. Like this Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) No, they're fun. They are it's just a weird thing to think of that this is something that you don't know where it is. Which makes it even creepier.
0: Yeah. They can literally now it's not just they're running up through the forest and they're moving silently and they can move past all sorts of terrain and debris. Now they might just pop up literally anywhere mm-hmm. a hole can open up next to you and out comes you know uh, they're, and they're so big I mean that's just huge and horrifying yeah spiders the size of drakes bursting from the ether to trap screaming Oh, get out of here
1: no 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 no
0: Uh Yes, a dragon-sized spider just popping out from nowhere to quickly grab you and eat you. Yes, Ugh.
1: and probably a few of your friends.
0: Ah, oh, boy. Do we want to? Um, do we want to just talk about? Go to the next couple pages and talk about the guys who ride these things, so we can kind of go in yeah. and talk about all of it. Okay. Um, nice. So what do we got? We got web spinner shamans, scuttle bosses, and spider riders. Spider riders are. I mean, they're pretty much the same. Are, are they not?
1: They are, and they do talk about like the different types of giant spiders, um, from the blister mare, skullback, and blue cliff Leaper to the grayfang, the shamanite ironweb. Like, there's all these different ones that they put in, so say way you can have a different coloration based on your realm. Yes, and like how we've talked about in the past, where you're starting to see more how the realms influence the appearance and behaviors of the creatures that live there it would naturally make sense for a spider to have a variation based on where they live.
0: Yes. Uh, and that, that's the main, but that's uh, of what we've, I mean, we've had spider riders. I mean, since before I was playing this game and, um, I like that they've added that bit. They, They keep, they keep coming back to the realms and they, there's some different colorations, different things. But in essence, Outside of the the effect of the realms on on what they look like and 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 some of the aggressiveness, for all intents and purposes, they're pretty much the same thing.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so uh, we got web spinner shamans because those are the guys. Now these are the guys who are in charge of the spider fang tribes, right?
1: Yeah, they are. They're the de facto leaders uh, because of how they commune with. It's a more holy experience compared to like the Moon Clan. Right. Um, for them to commune with Gorkamorka, with the Spider God, it's through visions induced by venom from spiders. So this shaman, his his thing is he gets bit all by, the time by
0: smaller spiders, but still very yep. poisonous.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and as the poison is ravaging through his system, he has well, he hallucinates.
1: Yeah, and he communes with the spider god in that way, Um, and it it gets to the point where he becomes like a nesting ground for some spiders um, to like live in him. So it's again more of the communication between the spider god and themselves. So that's what they kind of do, and like when this kit got reintroduced in. Oh, jeez. Was it 7th or 8th edition? I want to say it was 8th is when they came out with this kit. Um, it was just a forest goblin spider uh, great shaman, which is like, okay, that's awesome. I'm glad I brought it back. But now they're clearly defining their role within the mortal realms and within the context in general.
0: And 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 I have no problem with that. I mean, they did that. They did that with Flesh Eater Courts. Yeah, you get no new models. Yeah. You just get some variations. And we're just going to make the story better to make yeah. it interesting. And and if they and obviously they change up the rules so that they that so that when you get them on the tabletop that fits more with the story a little bit. But I have no problem with them taking their old stuff and just sort of revamping the lore to to. Uh, reflect all the time that's passed between the world that was and what's going on here in the realms. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as they keep it interesting and this book, they're definitely doing that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so then underneath them are the scuttle bosses, which are like the greatest warriors in the tribes. And they do follow like the normal course of green skin. They're the bigger ones or the meaner ones um, and the more arrogant ones, but they're essentially just like war leaders Whereas the actual brains of the operation is the web spinners. Okay. So that's what the scuttle bus is. He's the guy that rides the biggest spider outside of the rocks, Um and their job is to direct the war activities, the, to direct the raids, um, so they can go out and capture uh, prey for the Arachnorox. Right.
0: And then it talks about how when they, like even the scuttle bosses get are, get a lot of the spider venom and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but some of this mutates them. Am I reading this yeah. correctly?
1: Yeah, some of them do get mutated. Uh, I believe the model itself has a number of different eyes, so like they grow additional eyes or. Uh,
0: Does this have anything to do with those uh, Warhammer Quest uh, eight-legged gobos? The scu-
1: the Scutlings? scuttlings? No.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: The grot scuttlings were different in the background of Warhammer Quest. It's a combination where like, they move around in spider webbing, okay, um, but they are still distinctly a grot. But I don't think this has anything to do with Spider Venom mutation. I think the Scutlings have to do more with being trapped in the Silver Tower and its warping powers.
0: Got you. Okay.
1: But with these guys with the Spider Venom, they develop multiple eyes, the... Uh, inner working mouth parts like how spiders have, um, just as various things of the venom and how it affects them.
0: Okay, Doke. Now, uh, I guess let's talk, uh, let's talk on the table here. Uh, you, get, you can have four types of arachnaroks now on the table. Mm-hmm. You can have the Arachnorok with the flinger, the Arachnorok with the uh, spider Fang war party. You can have the one with the Shaman on it, or you can have the Skidderskrand, which it seems, if I'm not, if I'm correct, the Skidderskrand Arachnirach, I mean, uh, other than its ability to ambush from anywhere, uh, it's basically just an arachnarok, right?
1: Yeah, the profiles on all of them are the same. Right. Um, so nothing really changes with them. They're not faster... Or anything like that. It's their ambush ability that makes them unique.
0: Yeah. So I mean, and okay. So these guys, the the all all flavors of Arachnorox, I believe. Uh, it's uh, bravery six four up save fourteen wounds. They start mm-hmm. off able to move eight, drops to four. Um, they get a bunch of attacks with their legs, which drop as they get wounded, and it's uh, fours by threes, one rend, one damage, and then their fangs. Four is by anywhere from two to four, depending on how many wounds.
1: Yeah, it's four attacks. Oh, four attacks. from two to four to hit, that's, three that's to right. wound, ran one, damage D3. Um, and as far as, like, all spiders, when we talk about them, when the spiders attack with their fangs, if they have an unmodified hit roll for an attack is a six. It does mortal wounds instead of the normal stuff. So whether it's one damage or D3 damage, depending on the thing biting. That's true of all spiders,
0: um, right? Okay, yeah. So they all get on a, on an unmodified six to get to d three mortals, and they also uh, they you can pass across terrain as if you can fly.
1: And that's true of all spiders that we talk about,
0: right? So that's your that's your your general arachnarok, which is nothing to sneeze at,
1: really. No, it's not. They do do a lot of damage, um, and they have that potential. It's just the. The biggest thing I find with them is they're big, big models. So sometimes they're hard to place and they're fairly slow. Yeah. Because they're only movement eight, but again, eight legs. So, but they are 14 wounds is tough to chew through
0: realistically. Now, okay, so that skitter strand we were talking about.
1: Yeah, this one's the easy one.
0: Yeah, this is the easiest (laughs) one to do. Uh, You know, put it off on the side, say it's in reserve. At the end of your movement phase, Put it up uh, more than nine inches from the enemy. That's it. You bet. And if it's not on the battlefield before the start of the fourth battle round, it's dead. So you got basically up to turn three to put it out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just anywhere, anywhere nine inches from the enemy.
1: Yeah. So this is interact rock without anything on the back of it. So with this kit, there's different ways to build it. And if you just want to do a big spider and you don't want to bother with the howdah, congratulations. Here's a spider for you.
0: Yep. Uh, now, uh, if you put the, the, uh, the war party on it, the, all the grots riding along them, um, they do get 10 five by five attacks, um, with their bows and um, other than that, they've got Voracious Predator. Uh, reroll, run, and charge rolls, uh, and roll a die for each enemy unit within an inch of it after it makes a charge on a two-up. That unit takes D3 mortal wounds.
1: Yeah, these are the aggressive, younger yep. Arachnuroks.
0: Yeah, so you get a successful charge in, and you do some wounds. and uh, Oh, and you also get spear attacks. There's ten 5x4 spear attacks. So a lot of not-really-hitting-very-well attacks, Coming from there, just extra attacks on top of. You're taking it it for
1: the spider is really what it is, but these are extra little icings on the cake for them.
0: And you want to take the flinger.
1: Yeah, this one you lose a couple bow attacks, you lose a couple spear attacks, but otherwise it's the same profile. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's got a neat little flinger, which is a little catapult. Um, it's got a 36-inch shot, which is huge, Um, but it has a very unique attack sequence. You roll a dice, and you add one to the roll if the target has at least five models, or two if it's got ten or more instead. And if you roll a six, that's like a five or a four, depending. The unit suffers D3 mortal wounds, and then they're engulfed in webbing, which means that, at the end of the next, that they don't fight until the end of the next combat phase. So that means all of the other stuff on the table fights before the unit that gets hit with the webbing is.
0: Right, and if you play that right, and you shot stuff, you can run up with this this big bad boy, and. Uh...
1: Well, it's not even that. It's you drop, you go in, and you throw the flinger at it. You take a unit down if it's like a unit of. or something god-awful that you don't want to deal with that would just murder whatever you threw into it, you can now gang up on it because it can't fight back until you're done attacking it. So that means you're going to deplete its ranks as best you can before before it hits you. Gotcha. Which is a big deal for Grotz, for Spider Fang in general, because they are a little squishy, but for you to be able to bite them first
0: is a big deal. So rules question. Yeah. You got a lot of things that get the, uh, always striking first rule coming yeah. up lately. And then you got stuff like this. This is now it always goes last. I know. I know if you have multiple things that are going always first and always last. And I know that's, I know it's not always strike first and always strike last, but let's just bear with me. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, now I know if you got multiple, things from the armies that do that, whoever's turn it is, Mm -hmm. gets to decide the order that that happens in. Like, my guys will go, and then your guys will go, whatever. But my question comes in, when you have something, because there's spells in here that can make stuff always go last.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, What happens if you throw that on something that automatically always goes
1: first? It depends on whose turn it is. Okay. Since you'll be administering these punishments uh, during your turn, then it'll be, your effect will take precedence, but during your opponent's turn, then their effect will take precedence.
0: Interesting. Interesting. It
1: is weird, um, but this is a way that you guys can get around, uh, the Gristle Gore, uh, command trait with their Terrorgeist, uh, f Ghoul Kings, is to throw a flinger at it and then go mob it. I see. So there are ways to do it, um, you just got to be creative, and I, the big thing I like about this book is that you don't have to take all Spider Fang, you can just throw this into a Gloom Spite army if you want access to the Flinger, and then still take a big, scary critter. And it doesn't break anything. Hmm. So, because your army is the Gloom Spite gets Allegiance.
0: Oh, okay, right, right, right.
1: So... You do get a little more creativity with lists in this book compared to, like, Skaven when we get to them. Gotcha.
0: And uh, finally, you got the web spinner shaman on the Arachnorok spider. And this, this is the one that sort of seems to pull out all the guns.
1: Yeah, there's a lot here. Um, he's definitely a budget piece for what he is. So you got this big monster. He's a wizard, and he contributes his little wizard stick attack which is same profile as a wizard stick, four by three, and one damage D3. Woo. Uh, the rest of it is just the same kind of stuff we've been talking about.
0: Spears and bows, legs and fangs.
1: Yeah. So he's got uh, a couple of different abilities. From the shrine, he gets plus one to cast an unbind rolls for friendly spider fang wizards while they're uh, within 12 of any front of a uh, spider shrine. So with the moon active though, it gets an additional plus one to your cast rolls. So all of his stuff goes on plus two when he's affected by the moon.
0: And he's pushing a negative one against the enemies as well. Or no, that's his unbinding is the bonus. Okay, sorry, my mistake.
1: Yeah, but if the enemy is affected by the light of the moon, then they're at minus one.
0: Oh, that's right. Oh, so that could be really good. That could be really good. Yeah. That can slow down the big
1: N. Yeah, it, it'll slow him down a little bit. Um, the web spinner can only unbind one spell per enemy hero phase, and he gets to cast two. So it does help a little bit for shutting things down a bit. But also, a lot of the spells that we're going to be talking about, at least we have talked about, are a little higher value. He gets those a little easier. So
0: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, still got the spider venom, still got the wall crawler. Uh, prophet of the Spider God, if this guy's the general, plus two bravery of all Spider Fang, wholly within 24 inches of that model.
1: Yeah. So it goes from your piddly bravery of four up to bravery six, which is pretty big if they're wholly within two foot of the spider. Um, but then to top it off, their banner on the spider edge adds plus two to their bravery. So they go up to bravery eight. If they're within two feet of this thing,
0: yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: So then, again, they're not afraid.
0: No, no. Uh, this is I'm, this. Uh, you could just play tons of spiders.
1: You could and you can, and Paul Wagner will. Paul Wagner will. I was thinking the same thing. I I think is there's a list here for whatever you want to play, and spider fangs still. I think they have potential for doing some nifty stuff. Yep. So, his unique spell is Venom of the Spider God. Uh, so, it's a cast roll you 6. If it goes off, you pick a Spider Fang unit, Holy Wind 16, that he can see. Um, and until your next tier phase, you double the number of mortal wounds inflicted by Spider Venom on the unit you're affecting. And if the cast roll is 10 or more, then you get to pick up to D3 friendly Spider Fang unit instead of 1. But it's a 10, not an unmodified 10. So you get the bonus from having your spider shine, you get the bonus from being under the light. So you have a lot of different bonuses to get this going at a 10. If you're next to Arcane Terrain, then it goes on a seven to do D3 units.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's, and that's great. Yeah, Mm -hmm. doubling the mortal wounds. I mean, granted, you still got to roll that out, but, man, you can double down on that. That's really good. Isn't there something else in here that can make their venom more powerful, too? Uh,
1: There's a couple of artifacts, but the moon, while the spiders are affected by the light of the moon, they do the mortal wounds on a five or a six.
0: Right. And then this doubles them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This could be really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... And then what do we got? We got... uh, Scuttle Boss. Scuttle Boss, the Shaman, and the Spider Rider. So, yeah. Why don't you take the Scuttle Boss on the gigantic spider?
1: Yeah. So he's got Spider Venom, and this affects the whole model, including the Scuttle Boss with his spear. So if he rolls a six to hit, it does the mortal wounds um, because it affects the spear and the mount's fangs. Then he's got wall crawlers, same as the rest of them. Um, he's got a bunch of attacks. Most of them are pretty meh, but again, you roll a 6 to hit. It's Mortal Wounds. Um, he's got a command ability that doesn't require him to be the general, so again, it kind of fills in mm-hmm. where he's bossing people around, but he's not the guy in charge. Um, so this one uses start of your charge phase, and if you do it, you get to pick a sp- friendly Spider Fang grot unit, holding the 18 in the model, and you get to re-roll charge rolls and you get to re-roll hit rolls for attacks made by that unit's spears in the following combat phase. Okay. So I mean the spears are not the important part, it's definitely the fangs that are the important part. But now the spears will be contributing more.
0: Right. <coughs> and uh, because he's on that gigantic spider, he gets the extra movement, the extra wounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you don't have to take your web spinner shaman on the Ragnarok you could take him on foot
1: yeah this is a new variation with uh, Age of Sigmar now so you just could put him on foot yep put him on
0: foot he's got a five up uh, a five up super save you know against every- wounds and mortal wounds mm-hmm. he's got his own little spell speed of the spider god and then only cast on a four yeah. Pick a friendly spider fang unit wholly within 24 inches of the caster invisible to them. Until your next hero phase, that unit can run and still shoot later in the same turn. If the casting roll is 8 or more, uh, D3 friendly units. That's... I mean, run and shoot, especially with... Uh, well, any it's a run and shooting
1: <laughs> flinger. If you wanted to run and shoot with the flinger or just the spider guys in general, the little spider riders, they all have a bow. Right. So, again, it's not great attacks, but it's contributing more in getting the most out of your models. I and then like he, the web
0: spinner shaman, actually. Yeah,
1: he's good. He also is cheap. He's only 80 points. Uh, but, again, you're not breaking allegiance with anything by taking him in a Gloomspite army. So if you want either the Venomous Spiderlings or Sneaky Distraction or Curse of the Spider God, those are all good spells to have regardless of the register your army. So those are things that you can put in just by taking this little bro, and he's still just as good as a Grot Shaman. Because he is.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, and last but not least, the Spider Riders.
1: Yeah. These guys did get a bit of an update. Their banner did change from previous, because it used to be they only added plus two bravery if they weren't within three inches of an enemy model, because they were scared.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: These guys ain't scared no more. So now it's just the plus two bravery all the time. So they are still squishy. They're movement ten with a five-up save. So they do lose guys, but they're not going to be busting from Battle shock nearly as much right.
0: as they used to. Absolutely. That's exactly what I was thinking. Look at us, thinking along the same lines.
1: Yeah, and they, their drummer gives them plus two to their run rolls. So for when they get to run and shoot from speed of the Spider God or from one of their battalions where they can run and shoot and charge, then you can get a lot out of them.
0: Yep, There's definitely potential here.
1: Yeah, it's definitely some speed.
0: So that's it for the... Spider Fang, right?
1: Yeah, that's the spiders.
0: Excellent. Can we talk Trogoths now?
1: I know you've been waiting for this. <laughs> so now
0: it starts off with talking about the trog bosses. The deepest and strangest caverns are known by the Grots as dank holds. Now, I like this description of them. It's kind of it's 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 not just a really vivid description. Like it really paints a picture I can see. But it's kind, it kind of, it's, it's a bit enlightening as to what kind of goes on in these places. Uh, it says, more than mere caves, there are places of elemental gloom where the darkness is thick enough to smother living beings. And a cold dampness settles into the bones of any unlucky enough to wander lost in the depths. In places, the shadows coagulate into sucking mirrors that can swallow a man whole. In others, the caverns themselves develop a crude sentience gnashing stony fangs and snarling threats at one another in low voices of grinding stone. I kind of like this idea. This is kind of neat. And the the Trog bosses live here. Uh, They're the eldest of their species. They've lived the longest. They're big, tough brutes. Stinky monsters. And uh, they're just brutal. They can, they can be very brutal. Um, now, the funny thing is, the thing that I liked reading about here is that, like, nobody gets what's going on. Like, sometimes the trog boss just gets up and starts walking. He's hungry. And he starts walking, and apparently he sends out, a you know, a subconscious sort of psychic, uh, you know, call because all of a sudden all the other monsters under there whether they're gargants or other tr- other Trugas or other little creatures just start following the path just follow it yeah. along with them because that's what they do um i also thought it was pretty cool where they talk about um that these things they'll, they'll crawl into these deep deep dark caves these dank holes and They'll curl up and sleep for years or decades or indeed centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay. When they get up, they just start their. They, they get up because they usually get up because they're hungry, and they just start their walk, which is detailed destruction for anything else standing in front of them when they're doing their walk. But they, if they get into like a tight little dank hold when they go to lay down, they might wake up smaller. Yeah. As they adjust to fit. Of course, if you do find a big cavernous dank hole, they could wake up eight times their size and groan to fit the space.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: They're like goldfish. Yeah, basically. It's kind of neat. Now, other than that, um, you know, most of this stuff is typical type of troll stuff, I think.
1: Yeah, a lot of the background for them is, like, what they are to the army, that these pillars of inspiration, that their very presence is reassuring to Grotz um, and to other creatures that follow them. Uh, But they don't, they're just weird. They don't make a whole lot of sense. They just do their thing. They just want to nap, which is cool. But then once they get up and get angry, there's not a lot that's going to get in their way.
0: And they seem very animalistic. Like, it says that when they're walking and stuff, that they're just plodding along. And if stuff gets in their way, they knock it down. And if something goes up and starts... Now, I'm sort of picturing this as they're, they're pretty slow and methodical and trotting um, until something actually attacks them. Mm-hmm. Because it does say they can have explosive bouts of just suddenly going from these slow, plodding, walking trolls to the, I'm going to destroy everything around me trolls. Mm -hmm. and they can flip to that pretty quick. Uh, I I, kind of like to picture them as sort of this explosive sort of burst of speed and aggression, you know, that that you're not expecting from them, at least until they smash what's in front of them.
1: Yeah, and their their abilities could be based on the different kinds of fungus that grow out of them or that they consume, um, and that may affect their ability to ward off magic. Um, But again, it's that realm infusion. Because they're down in the deepest, darkest places, so they take on this extra aspect of being resistant to magic. Right.
0: And um, so even the even the dank old Trogoth, not the Trog bosses. I mean, the Trog bosses are the biggest and the oldest of them, but they're all pretty much the same. Yeah. But that weird growing and changing sizes compared to their thing. And like I said, the Grots think it's because of what they're eating, but. That's just it's so this is a weird one to try and picture, mm-hmm. um and then we've got the fellwater trous and the rock gut Truggets, which are basically the trolls that we had before Age of sigmar,
1: yeah, and now the rockets did get new models and they're okay. again, they're the ones that eat the rocks,
0: yeah, much better um, models
1: those new models, like the first time I saw them with the the one that caught me was the rock gut where he's got the bird nest on his head, yeah. And he's got a little bird going up and eating the worm that's coming out of the rock that he's lifting up to smash somebody.
0: Yes, another very characterful model. These these look much better than just the old pot-bellied mm-hmm. troll. And then the, the fell water ones, are the, are, those are the... When did those come out? Those came out... Those are the
1: plastic river trolls that came out, I believe, <laughs> in 7th or 8th. Yeah. Um, But they've been updated to sit into the world better.
0: And basically, you know, depending on which one of these are, they get different sort of rules.
1: Yeah, but they're generally the same. It's just, it's not so much. One's got a shooty
0: attack and one's got a pukey attack. Oh, no, no, no.
1: No, no, what I was more trying to get is like, it's a different adaptation of the same sort of creature.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on where you live and where you're raised, uh, as as uh, that will affect your you know your your physical makeup and your being. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: that's the more I was getting at. Um, and then they do have a box out for Molog the Mighty, <laughs> um, who is the uh, Chagath from the Shades, from the Underworld uh, setting. And I just like his backstory, how he's in the Desert of Bones in Shias, which is the desert that surrounds Shadespire, until a certain Skaven warband comes a calling and get him all riled up, but then they burn essentially his dank hold down. So he goes off in search of a new place to nap, wanders into Spire, and his whole thing is he's trying to find a place to nap, but people don't let him nap. <laughs> it's just such a crime.
0: Why won't you let me sleep?
1: Yeah, that's all he wants to do, is just find a place to curl up and nap, but people don't let him.
0: Nope. It's right. not
1: fair. Yeah, and he's got his little friends that follow along with him, right? Like his, his bat squig that roosts in his favorite armpit, um, and then he's got a stalag squig and the spite shroom. Yeah, no, that, yeah. You know
0: that's that's a fun little bit of background written up for for one of those little for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then finally, we've got the gargants. They were a proud but feral people. Children of the God Beast Baalat, they used to walk around doing basically whatever they wanted. Um, they did get corrupted by chaos, and that's what it says here. Sort of degenerates them; they devolve into some sort of uh, you know savage morons.
1: Yeah, and their thing is they want to get drunk. Yeah, and they take out their hangover and drunken rage at anything that gets in the way. But they want to curl up in the dark. Places to sleep off their hangovers. (laughs) So that's how they kind of fit in. This this book, I swear.
0: So I guess we should talk about these guys then. And then get this part done so we can do a little bit on uh, the battalions and and wrap this up. Yeah. So now the Trog boss uh, got a few more wounds. than the other guy, 12 wounds, uh, only moves six. Which is surprising for such a large creature. But um, he's slow. Yes, they're just plodding along. Exactly. A mm-hmm. uh, four-up save, seven bravery. Now, um, do all the Trogoths have crushing grip, or is that just the Dankhold?
1: It's the Dankholds that get this. Um, the only difference in profile-wise, besides like a couple extra wounds, the bravery, and the commandability with the Dankholds, is this crushing grip, they both get it. They just essentially just roll a dice, um, for a model within range. And if they equal or beat the wounds character, I the model just dies as they squish them. I like that. Yep. And then they've got a boulder club. Now the trog boss G, gets four attacks. With this, the regular one gets three. It's threes to, it's threes to hit threes. to when red two damage D six, so the thing hits like a Mack truck right. um, with the amount of attacks that it has and the amount of damage it can do. Um, but other than that, they're both pretty much the same. The We already talked about the crushing grip. Um, they have magic resistance, so every time they're affected by a spell or an endless spell, you can roll a dice. So if it's a friendly spell, you don't have to because you can roll right. a die. Right, right. And if you do so, roll a four, roll a dice on a four plus. You ignore the effects of that spell. So makes them pretty tough. Even if you are getting outmatched in the magic phase um, by an opposing wizard, you still have some defense against getting pulverized by enemy magic. Right. Um, they both have reassuring presence. So what this does is that you add one to the bravery characteristic of friendly gloom spike gets that are wholly within twelve or eighteen. Of any friendly models with this ability, depending on if it's a Trog Boss or a Trogoth. Um, they both have regeneration. So in your hero phase, roll a dice, and on a four up you heal up to D three wounds allocated to them. And if you get to re-roll that or double it if you're in the light of the moon, as we previously discussed.
0: Yeah, I like um, that when I was reading that.
1: Yeah. And then they both have the squiggly beast followers. So these are the little things that just follow them around happy little things. Um, So at the start of the combat phase, you get to roll a dice for each enemy unit within three of any friendly models with this ability. And if the roll is equal to or greater than the number of models in in that unit, they take a mortal wound. So it's kind of like a reverse uh, tail swipe from a Star Drake. Right. But only one wound, not D3. Huh. So that's all the special rules that they have, but then the Trog boss has a neat command ability where he gets to use it in the combat phase, and until the end of that combat phase, you get to reroll hit rolls of one for attacks made by a friendly Trogoths, wholly within 18 inches of this model when they attack. So he's got super accurate attacks when he pops his command ability that hit like a truck. Yep. Yeah. They're good. And no. you can take the tankholds and units of one to three.
0: Yeah, they're two hundred and twenty points a pop. I mean they're not cheap. <coughs> um, which puts them basically at uh you know five retributors same cost.
1: No, yeah, five retributors for a Tragoth, for a singular Tragoth, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For the one. So yeah, if you want to take a unit of three, it's six sixty. You're you're they're good, but you're paying for it. I mean, Mm -hmm. they've got the magic resistance, which is, you know, the four up against, uh, spell damage. Um, the, uh, -hmm. they got, they got the reassuring presence. They've got the regen. They've got the beast followers. They've got all the cool stuff that the trog boss has with the exception of the awesome command ability. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, these guys can just be brutal. Three attacks, threes by threes, two rend, D6 damage.
1: Yeah, and if you took a unit of three of them, like the max damage output is what, nine times six, so what is that? 54 54 damage?
0: Yeah, 54.
1: Not including the crit. (laughs) That's good. Mm -hmm. And then the other two Tragas,
0: um, not as smashy, but still pretty good. Um. Those rock yeah. guts, two inch range, two attacks, threes by threes, two rend, three damage. Mm-hmm. I'll put a couple of those on the table.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's pretty good. All things being equal. Yeah. Never mind the coolness of the models. Um, they do a lot.
0: Yeah. So depending on whether you're fellwater or rock gut, they both have the regen, and um, but uh the fellwater tragus the ones in the swamp they get the missile weapon cuz they get the vomit which is close range but powerful uh and it's minus 1 to attack rolls uh you know melee attacks minus 1 in melee attacks against him cuz they smell so gross mm-hmm. it's just it's it's noxious it's it's the 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 fumes off of them it's just it's as my father in law would say, it's enough to knock a buzzard off a crap wagon. And, yeah. uh, yeah, so you get minus one to hit him because you're too busy retching. Mm hmm. Then the Rock Guts, they, they got a five up, uh, ward save, basically.
1: It's a five up against any wound or mortal wound that you allocate to them. Yeah. Which means that they are tough as rocks, which is kind of appropriate. Um, And then they've got a neat little throwing attack uh, where they get to pick an unit within 12 and roll it. dice. Sounds familiar. If it's equal to or less than the number of models in this unit, that unit takes D through mortal wounds. So they just get an extra shooting attack that isn't a shooting attack, and it's just random spraying out of mortal wounds. (laughs) Which is not a bad thing at all. Um, No. So they did get less attacks than their previous version. Um... Like the Grand Alliance Destruction version of these guys, they got less attacks, but they're much more resilient now. Whereas the fellwaters, they got more attacks that hit more accurately because they went from three attacks that hit on fours to four attacks that hit on threes. Because they are still fairly squishy for what they are. Yes. So they are tough, but you can get these things down to minus two, minus three to hit if you stack it right. Between the nets off of a... Moonclane unit. So all you need is one model of the with net within two inches, and you're suddenly minus two if you want to go hit the Tragith. <laughs> so there's some sneaky little combos here that you can do. Sweet.
0: Now that is pretty much everything except for the the uh, battalions.
1: Yeah, I mean the Gargant hasn't really changed. Nope. Um, as much, I don't believe he's really had any changes. Um, and then we could talk about Molig, but um, I actually do think Molig has a place because uh, he's the cheapest source for the reassuring presence. Uh, Dizzy is cheaper than a regular Dankhold, but for the cost, you may want to just up to the Dankhold instead of Molig. So you have options. I,
0: I like Molig though. Like I like all his little special abilities from all of his his little minions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's a he's a cute. Like, if you're if you have it, if you own him – you know, there's a chance to play it on the table, and it does. It's definitely more of a, you know, play into the rules than having just you know awesome punching ability. Although yeah. he's got some good punching, ability
1: he does. The two underworlds warbands in this book are definitely more usable than some of the other ones. I think. Yeah. So, all right. Um, wow,
0: well, we've been going for an hour. All right, let's keep plugging along here. Let's keep doing this. Mm, Endless spells. We got four of them. Yeah. Um, They're all pretty good. Yeah. Let's try to give them a quick go over, though, because I'm getting tired still. It's a long recording. Uh, Let's start with the malevolent moon. Predatory, 12 inches and can fly. Summon it on a six. Set it uh, wholly within 12 inches of the caster. And then it gets to make a move, doesn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. 12-inch move. Yeah. And what happens um, after it moves, roll a dice for each unit that has any models that it passed over. On a uh, two-up, that unit takes D3 Mortal Wounds. Also, minus one from casting rolls for casters within nine inches, minus two for casting rolls for casters within three units. But Gloomspite Wizards don't have to pay attention to that.
1: Mm-hmm. This isn't bad. No, it's 50 points, and realistically, if you get this lined up with the Moon Allegiance ability, you can put enemy wizards at minus three to cast, which will start shutting down, like Nagash, at least for a little bit. It will make him as obnoxious. Um, And plus, it does a lot of mortal wounds, just being able to move across things and kind of spam out damage. No, it's nice. You're going to see it a lot, for sure. I think so. The other one you're going to see a lot (laughs) is one of the best models they have, which is the Mork's Mighty Mushroom. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And I do like the descriptor on here how it's a mushroom that starts from being plucked between the caster's toes, and then he throws it at the opponent, um, and then it transforms into this massive mushroom. Um, So this one's got a KSLU 6, um, when you set it up, you get to put it wholly within 66 of the caster. So there is a bit of a random range to where this guy lands, mm-hmm. but you can generally depend on 21 inches away. Um, and then his ability is mutating spores. So after the model set up and at the start of each battle round, after it's set up, each unit within eight inches, um, is affected by the spores and what that does is you roll a number of dice equal to the number of models from that unit that are within 8 inches of the mushroom, and for each 5 plus, that unit suffers a mortal wound. Um, You put this thing near an objective that you're going to be fighting over, you're probably going to have more guys that are going to be able to get lost to compared to your opponent. So this thing just constantly spans out, killing a third of whatever it touches. Interesting. Yeah. It's a really good spell. A little random, though.
0: Right. So, Scuttle Tide. It's uh, predatory. Move 6. Casting value of 7. But uh, the Spider Fang Wizard gets to cast it on a 6.
1: Weird. But. but. There's always a but. (laughs) Um, If you're on the back of an Arachnirach, it goes off on a 5. Because you get plus 1 for being on the back of an Arachnirach. From the catch web. Oh, right. Or, if you're underneath the light of the bad moon, you then get an additional plus one, so it goes off on a four. And then if you're next to Arcane Terrain, it goes off on a three.
0: I didn't think of any of that. That's just... That's good, I guess.
1: It is good, but then it's got a very unique setup, because it just sets up wholly within six inches of a terrain feature.
0: Right. Right. Because they're coming out, yeah, they're coming out of the terrain.
1: Literally coming out the woodwork.
0: Yeah. Um, after pick a unit within an inch of the model and roll six dice for every five up. It takes a mortal. In addition, after setting
1: it up or moving it.
0: Yeah. In addition, six dice for each unit that finishes a normal move or charge within six inches of it. Five ups, mortal wound. So it's got a bit of a bubble around it because that's that little carpety-looking one.
1: It's a long oval, carpety-looking thing. Yeah,
0: right. And so, getting that much room just to start damaging stuff—I'll damage you too. But what does it care? It's—it's it's, it's, you know.
1: Yeah, and unless you fly, you have to like walk around it. So it's a big board control piece.
0: Yeah, and plus, unless if, you're Spider Fang. Yeah, if you're taking it with Spider Fang, none of that stuff affects you, nope. which is which is cool. And you can move right over this model as if you're flying, if you're spider fang. Mm-hmm. So the spiders are not going to attack the bigger spiders. That much yeah. we know. Uh, so yeah, it works. and it, it does create, like, a fence. Three.
1: Huh?
0: Getting it off on a three or a four. Gee whiz.
1: Yeah, but you have to have all those conditions line up. So it's just one of those things that it looks hard to cast, but it's actually not that hard.
0: Yeah. No, not at all. Uh, you want to take the Arachna Cauldron?
1: Whew, that sounds a long one. So, <laughs> it's a cast value five. Um, when it goes off, you have to set up the Arachna Cauldron wholly or within an inch of the caster. And essentially, it's like a little follower. It, The model that cast it in the Arachna Cauldron are considered to be a single model using the base of the model that cast it. And the arachna Cauldron has to stay within an inch of the caster um, at all times. If the is slain, then the arachna Cauldron gets removed. So it does two things. Um, the first of which, as long as you've got the Arachne Cauldron on the table, you get to add one to the casting and up binding rolls for the caster, and he knows all the spells from the lore of the Moon Clan. Um, so this doesn't have to be a Moon Clan wizard that casts it. It just has to be a Gloomspite wizard. So if you're on the back of a spider, you could cast this and then suddenly know all six spells from the Lord of the Moon clan plus all the ones you already know. Yeah,
0: this is pretty good.
1: Yeah. And then it does have a cost, though. So when you set it up and at the start of each of the casters' hero phases, you have to pick a unit within three inches of the caster, and that unit takes D3 mortal wounds because you have to fill the cauldron, and if you don't have anyone within three inches of the caster, the caster takes the mortal wounds. So you've got to constantly feed it your friends or feed it your enemy if you're close enough.
0: Yeah, like we were talking about that before the show started. I'm like, I like this one. I just you're taking them next to a unit of twenty or forty stabbers or shooters. So if <clears> anything goes horribly wrong, you can just take the stuff out of there.
1: Yep. So which of
0: these is your favorite?
1: I like the moon. And the mushroom.
0: I do, too. Although, I really like that Arachna Cauldron. I know you have to finesse it, you know, make sure you've got all your things around to make sure it works right. But it's just, it. it's, those little synergies are good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all, they're all perfectly viable options. Yep. It's just a matter of, I mean, the, the Arachna Cauldron, I think, works better for either the guy on the Arachna or rot because they're the ones that cast multiple spells, so they get the most benefit out of them. Mm -hmm. So it just just depends on how you want to play the list and what you want to do. There's tons of options in this book.
0: Okay. So... I guess Battalions?
1: Yeah, and there's a few of those.
0: So are we going to hit every single one of these, or are we just going to pick out the ones that we like? Um either one. I'm just saying we've been doing this for a long time now, and there are ten?
1: Uh, four, eight, ten, yeah.
0: I mean, we don't have to cover every little thing. I mean, we just pick out the stuff that we like. I mean, there's still stuff you guys can find at home. Literally, they cover every one of these combinations. If you just want to take generic stuff, if you just want to take drugs, if you just want to take spiders, there's, there's a battalion for you. Uh, not all of them have the best uh, bonus, but you get the extra artifact and stuff like that. So, um, I like the Gabapalooza Palooza one. Uh, it's a little, it's a little, it's actually not, not too expensive. It's one hundred and ten. But it's one hundred and ten on
1: top of taking the Gabapalooza.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so it's a three hundred and fifty point battalion. Yeah, for oh, five bros. That's
0: true. That is true. Yeah, when you put the two together. But plus one to casting and to know what's roles. that's, you know, the, all the know what's rolls and those those spells, that's what makes these guys worth taking. Mm-hmm. And the plus one to it is actually, it's a significant one, at least in my opinion.
1: It It is, if you're going moon plant heavy, because that's where you're going to see the most benefit out of it.
0: Right, that's what I was thinking. So I kind of liked that uh, Just in, in general uh, I know there's better things But when I saw that I said You know because I like the Gabapalooza Like I know I would have to take uh, A whole so I'm never going to actually play it But I was looking at this going I would definitely have at least one of these things in my army Just to go around and give all its little bonuses and perks mm-hmm. So uh, What do you like in the Moon Clans here?
1: I like the Squid Rider Stampede uh, so this is two to three units of squig riders, whether it's hoppers or bounders in any combination, and maybe a mangler squig, it's a zero to one. And it's a unit of mangler squigs, not the character. Um, and so it's cheap as chips, and then you get to reroll the roll that determines how fast the units from this battalion move, especially if you're taking a lot of bounders, because now they are slower you can suddenly make them a little more consistent with regards to how far they move.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. The, anything that's affecting and boosting your movement is a good plan.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially random movers.
0: Right. Um, because if you flip the page here, and we talk about all the Spider Fang ones. You know, you got the Big Tribe, you got the Cluster, but I've got the Skitter Swarm marked, which is plus two to the movement characteristic to all units in this battalion.
1: Yeah. That's so that makes them quick as all get
0: out. Yeah. I mean, you got rerolling attacks and adding to your charge, but I, the one that stands out for the Spider Fang for me is that Skitter Swarm, because they're already moving pretty well, and getting that extra little bit of movement can really make a difference in this game.
1: That's I a- was going to cover the Skitter Nest real oh, quick. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just, I'm getting the all Skitter
1: Strand Nest is... So it's the sneaky spiders. It's Two to three of those scatter strands. You get to add one to charge rolls for the models in the battalion for each model that was set up in the same turn. So these guys have to be nine inches away. If you take three of them and they all pop the same turn, they each get plus three to their charge. Oh. So they're suddenly hitting those supposedly long charges on sixes. And I don't know. That flinger suddenly looks really good. Yeah. For you to get all three of your spiders to attack at once, and your opponent hasn't had a chance to do anything yet, except get eaten by four gigantic spiders. Well, yeah, but all of a sudden you have three of these things just suddenly pop out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, and they gotta be nine inches away. Oh, yeah, but I only gotta need a six to to be on top of you.
1: Yeah, that's fun.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> fluffy.
1: It's creepy as all cow, <laughs> it's right?
0: Yeah. Alright, so let's go away from spiders Because I don't like them either Let's talk about the Trog herd's 180 points Mm -hmm. And you gotta take a Trog boss And 3 to 9 units of the different types of Trogas we talked about And you can take up to 2 Gargans And on this uh, Unmodified wound rolls of 6 Add 1 to the damage characteristic I, I like this, but 180 seems really steep for it. But then again, these the, guys are already doing so much damage. Adding one on top of that is actually mm-hmm. pretty good, isn't it?
1: It is. Uh, the Fellwaters get a bit more benefit out of this because they do have more attacks. But you're getting an extra artifact. You're getting drop control. And you're getting more command points to spend on the Chogboss's command ability, right. which only lasts for one combat phase. So you constantly have to refeed it. But, no, these things, it suddenly makes their small numbers much more, like they count more. Yeah. And the or Gargan, I think, is the surprise in there, because the club has 3d6 attacks when he's full strength. So he can do a lot on the eat on the move for the extra damage.
0: That is true.
1: Mm-hmm. So suddenly that gargant has a neat place to be.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I was writing up a list though, and it's like you can't even take if you're just trying to take an all trog list, um you can't take but the one uh boss unless you want to go outside of the outside of the battalion. Yeah, outside of the battalion. So that's what I did, because I wrote this list. I'm like, oh, I got the I got an extra I got an extra artifact. Oh, I have nobody to give this to.
1: I think the Chalkert is best supported by having a couple of wizards behind them to give them the bonuses to do things like the web spinner shaman, his uh, Curse of the Spider God to make things fail on ones and twos, or to make things fight last, uh, the Madcaps to give them uh, the extra save against shooting like there's a lot of different combinations just from a few extra wizards um, that you can take
0: that's that's how my list kind of started to wind up cuz you can take the fungoid cave shaman for 90 and you could take 20 grots for 130 and that's 220 right there yeah and that's not that bad that's just taking one of the one of the dankhold tragos off your list mhm and then you've got that going on if you can afford to give up two or give up something else you can have a lot of that going around, and suddenly you have this punching power with the trogs, but you've got some bodies
1: mm-hmm. to either act as screen or to camp on objectives. Exactly, exactly.
0: I, I still think it might be fun. I don't know if it would be as fun as, say, the uh, the Iron Jaws, you know, Cav Army, or the uh, the Bronze, uh, the Brass Stampede, the Brass Stampede. But, I, I mean, it could be, like I said, I, I've i been fascinated lately with really low model count armies. I don't know why. I've just It's been...
1: because you can spend more time on them, and it's less things to paint. Yeah, that is true. That's, and it's less models to move on the table. So, like, these doing these massive horde armies, says the guy that's painting 80 of them, they're much more appealing to do smaller armies.
0: Streamlined as can be. Mm-hmm. All right, so why don't you take this beautiful, awesome Squig Alanche, and then we can get this, <laughs> this wrapped up.
1: Awesome. Uh, so, this one, you do have to take a Squig Rider Stampede in it in order to get it. So, it's a mega battalion. You can do a one drop of just squigs. Um, can you fit all this into a. 2000?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the Squig Alanche is 90, the Stampede is 140.
1: So, that's only 230 points out.
0: And you're getting two extra artifacts at that point
1: and two extra command points oh
0: man oh that's right because it gives you a command point when you get a battalion, battalion. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah um so you're
0: going with the stampede which is right uh you can have a, you can have a mango squig if you want but it's two to three units of hoppers or bounders Bounders. so
1: there's your battle line okay with the hoppers um, you can also take a couple of squig herd units in this. So those are also battle line for moon clan, okay. but you could just do a whole hopper army. And what these guys get to do, if they're affected by the light of the bad moon at the start of the combat phase, um, they are eligible to fight in that combat phase. If they're within six inches of an enemy unit instead of three, they can move an extra three inches when they pile in. So they just get to pile in from six inches away. So it makes their random move much more dependable. Yep. But it doesn't count as a charge, which is the sticking point for the Bounders, because their bonuses come from when they charge. Oh, I so will see. Yeah,
0: There's a little bit of a handoff there.
1: Yeah, so you, yeah, you can do a little more tactical flexibility with them, but you can do a whole one-drop squig army, that which sounds, is just hilarious. That sounds
0: like fun, too.
1: Yes that's
0: that's what I keep coming back to in this because I was sitting at work today and I, 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 and I was playing with this book when I should have been grading papers and uh, I came up with like three or four different really fun lists which is basically on like four armies in this book because you can take those individual ones as their own thing and get little special bonuses with them. I just I can't I can't say enough about this book. Yeah. Like whether you're gonna play them or not, you gotta admit they did a nice job with this.
1: Yeah, this book was absolutely exceptional to work on and it's what they should be. I don't know if this is the most competitive book, uh, but this feels right. Um so as someone that has played Moon Clan and Night Goblins or whatever you wanna call it since they got started, this is the best iteration of it. And it's just infectious. The excitement for these models and people have been releasing them like during the course of Christmas. And you see them all over on like social media, on oh, Twitter, sure. just awesome, awesome stuff.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, like I said, uh, the big thumbs up for this book, big thumbs up for this book, whether you're going to play it or not there, it's, it's worth a read and it's, uh, it's, it's well put together. And that's the book. Unless you want to go over any lists you've... Uh, you got anything fancy you've designed or anything fancy that you like or do you want to spill or are you going to hold that on the, on the down low?
1: Um, for these guys, I don't particularly care. Um, you have a lot of options in regards to like, how you're building the list. So I have one guy out by me, Sam. He's doing a whole trug army. Um, and he is running a unit of three of the dank holds and like, firsthand on the table, those things will go through just about anything, like wet paper bag. <laughs> yep. um, I do have one of my local guys, Cameron. He's doing the squiggle Lynch. Uh So he wants to do all squigs. And he's painting them as the Knights of Squigtonia, just to dig that spur in a little more. Yeah. So he wants to do all different colored ones. And then mine, I'm doing all of them because I'm an idiot. <laughs> um but also this is like my book so right now i'm starting with moon clan and squigs um with the eventual plan to move on to uh tragus and spider fang eventually so but for right now i'm not doing the like there's been some conversations where, like well you just take 300 grats and flood the table and it's like I don't have the patience for that
0: that's soul crushing and honestly that's going to take forever now I I could I would love to play against that like here in the basement like down here in the crypt we could totally play that I would play that against someone but it seems like in a timed competitive event no matter how much you practice that's going to be a and take a lot of time to get stuff moved. And you're not going to get through your game moving 300 of these things around, even if they're on movement trays. It just seems unlikely to me. Maybe that's just me, but I, I just, oh, you got to be kidding me.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to take just a whole bunch of grots. I want to take the cool stuff. I want to take squig hoppers. I want to take boing grots. I want to take all these cool things that really speak to what the Army is, not just spam Moon Clan grotz
0: I think you're going to see that for a while, though, because that's what everybody has. Yeah. but U- Until they start getting the things that they want to add to their army, everybody's pulling out their Skull Pass, one-piece, press-fit, not-that-beautiful.
1: Hey, man, most of mine are those things.
0: You know what I mean, though. I mean, you compare it to the stuff you see now, and it's like... Okay, hey, yeah. Dude, when I first started playing, I was getting all those dwarfs, uh, you know, and I was getting them from Skull Pass, and... The 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 one piece push fit dwarfs are way worse than the one piece push fit. uh grats. You know, a lot of base grots Oh those, yeah, yeah. Those those were brutal. But man, did I love them? Like, you didn't see me complaining because you didn't know you could do this stuff fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh Jesus, been that long? Uh, almost. I mean, cause yeah. I've, I mean, heck, Ivan Harrison was
1: four and he's eighteen.
0: That's fourteen years ago, right there. So yeah, wow, yeah. So wow,
1: way to date everybody,
0: Dave. <laughs> Jeez, I I I don't know. I I'm gonna stop because we could we could literally I could literally I mean you we and I will gush. we're gonna sign off after this. There's gonna be things that we just thought of while we're talking after the show, and we're gonna talk about this for another twenty minutes. Probably. Uh, and it's just, just about how cool X, Y, and Z are and um You know, I'm going through this book and it reminds you of that uh, the Christmas morning on in a Christmas story mm-hmm. where Ralphie's little brother's like, Oh boy, Zeppelin, oh boy, that's mine. Oh look a football, oh boy, that's mine Like Yes. <laughs> you flip through the book and that's it's like Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. We're done though. I think we're done. Yeah. We gotta be. So, all right, folks, uh, don't forget to check out After Olinor on uh, the Free Buddhist Network. Also, all the other cool, great shows that are on the Free Buddhist Network, and that's the only place where you can hear new episodes of After Olinor. Um, leave them a nice iTunes review if you like it. Uh, leave us a nice iTunes review if you like us. We haven't had one uh, recently, uh, to my knowledge, and I, yeah, I love nice iTunes reviews uh, almost as much as I love voicemail, so... I'm an easy-to-please man. What can I say?
1: Yeah. And for those that are looking, we do have the Garage Hammer uh, tournament coming up at Lindsay's Gamer Garrison on the 9th of March. That's so just uh, next weekend. Got to be there so, by
0: 10 a.m. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little early if you're taking off, but, uh, I mean, you want to start that early. You want to start – heck, you want to start earlier for three games, but that's as early as we can start. Um, mm mm-hmm. But it's going to be a whole lot of fun We've still got a few spots left And uh, prizes And um, a good time to get together We might even be recording there Who knows Maybe maybe. Um, I think that's about it Other than uh, got to do our last shout out To the uh, Patreon sponsors Once again thank you all for being the 1% Associate Producers Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders And AJC AJC ah, There we go Alright um, Alright Alex um, I will talk to you once we sign off And figure out all the last things we're going to do For all the excitement at Lindsay's And mm-hmm. more questions on all these cool things You can do with the kids. So folks until next time Only the faithful will be triumphant Only the faithful will stand when all others fall And only the faithful know no despair Except
1: in failure You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes, or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at Garage Hammer, and Alex, that's me, is at Some Geek 30 original music by claire seabrook you can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash claire seabrook music finally if you want to join the garage hammer community as well as the aos community worldwide comment on our episodes in the show thread at the grand alliance Forums. that's tga.community or check out the garage hammer facebook page and as always thanks for listening